You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. He says you got to ask in faith. And then he explains what being in faith is. Faith with no doubting. He said, because if you doubt, it's like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind, up and down, in and out. Up and, he loves me, he loves me now. That's how that, some of y'all with God. He loves me, he loves me now. He loves me, my student loan was canceled. He loves me, but this one wasn't. He loves me, he loves me now. Up and down, you're wavering. He who doubts like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind, but let not that man suppose he receive anything from the Lord. So we see that when I, in order for me to be in faith, I got to drive the doubt out. Come on now. That's why sometimes before you ask, fast. Before you ask, find all the scriptures. Come on. You need to, see, see a good lawyer, okay? My lawyers aren't here today. Any other lawyers in here? Okay, okay. A good lawyer prepares before you go to court. A good lawyer already knows the case law and the precedent that they're going to set stand on. A good lawyer knows what has been the prior cases and what the law says so they can remind the judge, okay? When the Supreme Court, they take questions, and they're taking questions from both sides, both of them trying to prove their point based upon law, based upon precedent. Are you following me? And so before you come to court, you need to know what he said he's going to do. That's what the scripture means when he says, come, let us reason together. Let's talk about this. And then that's what God means when he says, put me in remembrance of my word. So that's how you come in faith. Are y'all getting anything out of this yet? Come on, I'm, I'm taking you to faith school this morning here. He said, let not that man who's in doubt, faith but doubting, faith but doubting, suppose he's going to receive anything from the Lord because you're double-minded unstable in all your ways. By the way, that's why I said a man shouldn't get married until he's gotten every other woman out of his system. Or woman too, for that matter. Because otherwise you're double-minded or triple-minded or quadruple-minded. You need to know this is it, this is him. This is it, this is her, and there will be no others. I don't care what my flesh wants. I decided to make Marsha my choice. The road is rough, and the going is tough, and the hills may be hard to climb, but I started out 38 years ago, and there's no doubt in my mind. I decided to make Marsha my choice. The reason why I'm saying it because y'all, y'all, there's foolishness going around about, 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 about pornography. Uh, pornography, not being, that ain't natural either. <laughs> <laughs> about monogamy not being natural and a man ain't made for just one woman and his heart, listen, okay, that simply means you ain't ready to be married. Because when you make a choice to get married, you've done that. You've made a choice. Me and my best master talking about this last night. And the choice I made 38 years ago, I got to re-up every day. Oh, let me see. The choice I made 30 years ago, I have to re-up, I have to recommit to that choice every day. That don't mean I'm supposed to have some three side chicks. But she, you know, my, my, my mother's boyfriend, I don't know, he, he's, 
My mother, y'all know her, you're a story about my family, how I grew up. My mother boyfriend used to always say to her, you my main squeeze. See, some, some of y'all settling for being the main squeeze. There need be no other squeezers. <laughs> you my main squeeze. What is that? Let's get back to faith here. So when I come, I got to come how? Got to come in faith. Hebrews 4.13 said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. What I want the word I want you to stick out there in Hebrews 4.16 is boldly. God said, when you come, come bold. Come on, you can't ask big unless you ask bold. You got to be big and bold and bold and big. Let's come boldly. And you, again, like if you grow up in traditional church, you hear people praying, and, I, and, and this is my term, I call it creeping to the throne. This morning, our Heavenly Father, we come to you just humbly as we know how. Thanking you, Lord, that our bed wasn't our cooling board and that our sheet wasn't our winding sheet. Uh-uh. You don't, you, you don't come creeping. You don't come, oh, please, Heavenly Father. Oh, if thou wouldest, if it's. First of all, stop. I know you read King James, but that ain't how you talk. Get rid of that. Talk to God the way you talk. With all your Ebonics and broken English, God understands. Don't talk to me like that. Because I might correct you, but God can understand it. God, God will conversate with you. Some of y'all get, God will conversate. For those of you who like to conversate, God will conversate with you. Come boldly. That message translation, Hebrews 4, 16, Arnsberg, Lawrence, listen, it says, let's walk right up to him. Boom, I love it. Let's walk right up to him. Come on, can you put that up in the message for me? Let's walk right up to him and get what he so ready, is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Oh, my, I love that. Walk right up in there. Walk right up to the throne. You are my father. I'm your child. I'm not, I'm not coming to you. I'm not coming to you like some outsider. I don't come to you like a servant. I come to you as a father who loves his children. Glory to God. And I know you love me like that. And I know I can come boldly. I can walk right up to him. My grandchildren. And we, we had to learn to do this here because, you know, at first, I, uh, uh, when, when, I, when we first started the ministry, I was trying to do everything, and, and I realized, and one day I saw when my children were, were very small, you know, have, we have a line waiting, people talking, to them, and I looked, and my children was in the line. Had a line of people, and my children was, was in the line, and it occurred, I said, oh, no, no, come here, come here, come here. That's my child. My child don't have to wait on line to talk to me. Other folks, come on now, other folks might have to wait, but my, my, and my, now my grandchildren, they will knock you over to get to me. And don't y'all think they rude, I'm just Papa, and they love Papa, and, and Papa has given them 100% access, and they know Papa acts excited when they're around. 
my grandson or my oldest grandson, uh, righteous, when he was a little boy, I don't know if you remember. He said to me, he came, he said, it's righteous, your grandson. It's me. Like, like I know you're excited to see me, right? Come on. God, God is excited to see you. God wants to have communion with you. He wants you to walk right up in there. Don't go creeping to the throne. Come boldly and ask the hard thing. Y'all, even after, I thought I was going to finish this message today. Even after people cried out and made their request to Jesus, Jesus would often first locate their faith. Are you just going through the motions here? Are you asking innocent faith? Okay, look at Matthew 9. Matthew 9, 27 through 28. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. They're blind. The automatic thing was what? You want your sight, right? But Jesus said, no, I'm not, I'm not just offering. You believe I'm able to do this? Now, we know he was able. We know he was omnipotent. We know he had the power. The question is, do you believe I got the power? Y'all need to understand something. The problem is never on the giving end. It's always on the receiving end. Except if you, except if you spectrum trying to watch ESPN right now. Don't get me started, y'all. How many y'all know what I'm talking about right now? The devil is alive. If they better be glad they don't have a uh, have a place here in Columbia. If you don't know, don't even worry about it. Right now, Direct TV or whoever they got looking good. Do you believe I'm able to do this? Go to Mark 9. This, in Mark 9, they have a boy, they tried to go through the right protocol, they went through the, through the system pastor, they went through the deacon, they went through the elder, they went through the adjutant. They, I'm trying to go through, I'm trying to keep protocol, I'm trying to go in the rank order. And, uh, but then they, the man finally gets to Jesus. He said, Jesus, I brought you my son who has a, a mute spirit. King James says a dumb spirit. He said, and this spirit seizes him, gets a hold of him. It throws him down, foams, he's foaming in the mouth. He's gnashing at the teeth, and he becomes rigid. He said, I spoke to your disciples, Now I tried to go through the right protocol, and they couldn't do anything about it. And Jesus first rebukes them. He said, calls them a faithless generation. He said, how long God be? Bring the boy here. Then when they brought him to him, he saw, he saw him immediately, and that spirit started acting up and convulsed him, and he fell to the ground, and he started wallowing and following at the mouth, and foaming at the mouth. And Jesus said, how long the boy been this, been like this? How long has this been happening? And the father said, since a child, he throws himself off into the fire, and then he throws himself into the water. And then a man says to Jesus, but if you can do anything, can you have com compassion and help us? Look at Jesus' response to him. Jesus, if you can believe, all things are possible to him. Believe it. Don't put this on me. <laughs> it's not if I can do anything. This should do you believe I can do anything. It's not can I do the hard thing. It should do you believe I can do the hard thing. Somebody say, I believe 
God can do the hard thing for me. Hallelujah. He said, this is not on me. And, he, and then the man, because, oh, because Jesus is locating his faith. Do you really believe I'm able to do this? He said, Lord, I, I do believe. Uh, I believe all things are possible. Okay. Uh, Lord, I, I really do believe, verse 24, but help my unbelief. I mainly believe. I'm 50-50. I'm 60-40. I'm 70-30. I'm 95-5. I still got a little bit of doubt, but that's the part I need you to help me with. Can I tell you, a little bit of doubt can, can, can contaminate a whole lot of faith. That's why Jesus would often, when he really got ready to work miracles, like when he goes to raise the, the damsel up, the 12-year-old girl, raise her from the dead. They were in their mourning. They had professional mornings who were wailing and crying. Ah! And Jesus said, uh, the girl's sleeping. I'm about to wake up. And they went from, laugh, from, from wailing and crying to laughing. And Jesus put them all out the room, including, in, in, including uh, nine of his disciples. Oh, that's good right there. Everybody in leadership wasn't even with him. Everybody in leadership didn't have the same intimacy and, and the same, even some who among you ain't really with you. He puts all out except Peter, James, and John and the mother and the father who had the most earnest interest in this child living. See, so, see sometimes you got people praying who really don't care if it happens or not. You need to get somebody praying, God, I want you to do this thing for them. This is my sister. This is my brother. This is my teammate. This, some, this somebody works in my ministry. God, this is one of our most faithful members. Oh, God, do it for them just like I'm praying that you would do it for me. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. See, the problem y'all never on a giving in is always on a receiving in because doubt's your circle your faith. Second thing. Go ask for the heart thing. You got to be fully persuaded. Everybody say fully persuaded. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I, I, I'm almost there, but I'm not fully persuaded. Fully persuaded means that you really get to the place that nothing, and break that word nothing down, no thing is too hard for God. No thing is too hard for God. Genesis 18 chapter, verse 9 through 14, when God's God speaks to, he has first tells Abraham. Now he sends angels, and they appear before Abraham again in Genesis 18, and he says, where's Sarah, where, where, where's, where's Sarah, your wife? He says, oh, she over there in the tent. She, she over there, she over there listening to the tent while the angels are talking to him, making promises to him. And the, and the angel says to him, I'm going to return to you according to the time of life, Genesis 18 and 9 and 10. I'm going to return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah is going to have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind them, and Abraham and Sarah were old. They were well advanced in the age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed. <laughs> Please. Sarah laughed within herself. So within herself, so that means it wasn't verbal, but we're spirit beings. Hmm. See, nobody heard you doing it, but, we, but what is what you're saying inside of you. The woman with the issue of blood, she said within herself. Are y'all catching me here? See, it's not just what you're verbaling, it's what you're meditating on in your heart. And 
She was meditating in doubt. She laughed with herself saying, after I've grown old, am I going to have pleasure? A lot of people deal with that pleasure. Am I going to have pleasure? I don't believe the pleasure was just that. It would be so pleasurable to hold a child. That, uh, uh, me, me and Abraham going to have pleasure? We, he going to please me? I'm going to please him after all the year, year, these years shall we have pleasure. And my Lord being old, and the angel of the Lord said to Abraham, the Lord said to the angel, why did Sarah laugh? Surely I'm going to, I shall bear a child since I'm uh, saying, how can I bear a child since I'm old? And then God asked a question, Genesis 18, 14, what does he ask? Is anything too hard for the Lord? She's laughing because she really thinks this is too hard. She's doubting because she really thinks this is too hard. At the appointed time, just like I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. So Abraham, y'all, became fully persuaded and convinced that nothing was too hard for God. Romans, the fourth chapter, tells us that. Romans 4, around verse 20, says he staggered not. He stopped wavering. He became flat footed, standing on the promise of God. He staggered not the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief caused you to waver, caused you to stagger. He was strong in faith, gives glory to God. Nothing gives God glory more than strong faith. Let me stop right there. Nothing gives God glory more than strong faith. And strong faith is not always that I believe for this car and I got the car. Strong faith is not always that I believe for this house and I got this house. Strong faith is not always I believe to be debt free and I'm debt free. Strong faith is you can't make me doubt them because I know too much about them. That even if the house don't show up, I ain't going nowhere. And even if I don't get debt free, God is still a debt canceling God. And even if I die with this sickness, he is still a healer. That is strong faith that nothing I go through makes me change my confession about God. Oh, my God. Pastor Marshall and I were talking last night. I said, honey, I said, you, I, I, I said, you know, we got some folks in this ministry, they've been like Peter. We're just talking among ourselves. Now I'm letting y'all know what we're talking about. I said, we got some folks in church like Peter who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I done seen everybody else leave. Pastor, pop, dad, whatever title you got for me. But I ain't ever going nowhere, and they are not here because life happened. Life happened. Your confession don't mean nothing until it's been tested. I said your faith means nothing until it's been tested. No, no one makes your marriage stronger going through tests. No one makes your marriage stronger is God forbid one person has cancer and the other one hangs in there with them. It makes a man love his woman all the more. It makes a, a wife love her husband all the more. That you stuck there with me when I was grieving. You stuck there with me when I was worried about my future. You hung in there with me when I was down to my last. You hung in there with me when it looked like I was crazy. But now I'm on the other side of this, and I recognize, man, you a good woman. Man, you will come on. And now you are stronger. Every covenant going to be tested. I'm going to test your faith. It's not always when you get the promise. The test of your faith is do I stand when I don't get it? 
I'm convinced at this stage in my life, and God has done great things for me, whereof I'm glad. There's still things I'm believing God for. But can I tell you, I've been serving God too long now to let any circumstance that I don't understand make me doubt God. Just because I don't understand it don't mean that God doesn't understand it. I have really, come on now, I have really adopted and believed in the sovereignty of God. Faith people don't want to deal with this. Sovereignty means he can do what he want to do. And don't have to explain to me. I don't understand. I wish this had done worked out differently. I wish this would have happened. I don't understand. I've been tired. I've been given. But God, you are still God, and I love you, and I'm not going anywhere, and I'm not giving in the, to the devil who's trying to tell me, what you still going to maintain your integrity? You still going to hold on to your testimony? Oh, you, you still going to keep going to church? You still going to keep tithing even after bankruptcy? You still going to say God's a healer even after you had surgery? Oh, yes, yes! Yes, yes, yes. That's the trying of your faith. Because what's more precious, I don't know, what's more precious than a manifestation is your faith itself. Your faith got to be tried and come forth as gold. Not the car. Your faith got to be tried and come forth as gold. Come on, anybody ever had your faith tried and, and say, I'm still here? Go ahead and give God praise that my, my faith has been tested, but I'm still here. But I still believe God. But I still trust God. You can't make me doubt him. I'm not going to change my confession. He's still a good God. Oh, Jesus. Job's wife said, you are a fool, Job. Why would you keep serving God after all? You, and he said, no, you speak like a foolish woman. I'm going to keep serving him. Oh, my goodness. Jesus, help me here, Lord. So Abraham became fully persuaded. He staggered not. Jeremiah 32 and 17, uh, God spoke to Jeremiah. He says, oh, Lord, behold, behold, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. And the third thing he says, there is nothing too hard for you. Come on, lift your hand to the Lord. I, I don't know what you're believing God for, but right now get it on your mind, get it in your heart. And once you got it on your mind, you got it in your heart, and your faith is being built up, let it come out of your mouth. Say, Lord, there's nothing too hard for you. Now give him a praise like it's already done. The third thing, the third thing, when you ask God for the hard thing, you got to be specific. You know, when you play billiards or pool, to really play, you're supposed to call your shot. Okay? You're supposed to call your shot. You're supposed to say, two ball. Off the corner, corner left. And if it goes into the corner right, you lost your shot. In real building, you're supposed to be specific. And every now and then, 
and people play, I found that people play differently, but I learned as a teenager play. If you couldn't call your shot, we do what we call a safe shot. Y'all know anything about that? Safe. Safe means I can't call my specific shot. I'm just going to take a shot. Some of y'all always pray in safe prayers. <laughs> God bless me. Step in, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Stop by, Jesus. Help, Lord. What does help look like? What you want him to do when he stopped by? When he come in, where, where you want him to sit? <laughs> Look at somebody say, no more safe prayers, no more safe prayers. No more safe. You got to call your shot. Oh, this is good, some good. God said you got to call your shot. God, I want $50 million. I know some of y'all think, but, but that's my specific prayer. And I ain't talking about for myself. I'm good. God never do another thing for me. It, but there's some stuff I still need to do for the kingdom. And, and y'all, and, and I'm very serious. And sometimes I get tired of raising money and trying to convince y'all the Lord told me. There's some stuff I just want to do, and I don't want to ask nobody. I just want to do it. When I, just, I just want to build the school. Because we need our own school where your children don't have to walk in there and see somebody with a dress on and a beard and your children all confused. God, we need a school. And y'all can get mad about that if you want. This is getting crazy. There's a whole lot of folks who are LGBTQ and they say it's crazy. They say, now, now listen, y'all, we done gone too far. So I'm getting more specific in my prayers. Come on, look, somebody say, get specific, get specific. See, the hard thing to ask is specific, not general. Elisha said, I want a double portion. Oh, this is so good. He's, I, I, he didn't just say, I want the same thing on me, on you to be on me. I want you to bless me. I want you to put your hand on me. He said, I want a double portion. History records, what is it, six miracles or something like that, that Elijah performed. And then it shows that, that Elisha had 12. He did twice as much. Because he was very specific. I want a double. Look, somebody say, double means double. double. Now, it's one thing to say more, but it's another thing to say double. It's one thing to say more, another thing to say ten times as much. It's one thing to say more, it's another thing to say a hundredfold return. It's one thing to say more, it's another thing to say a thousandfold. God's challenging somebody here, you got to be specific. I want a double part of your spirit. Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 6, we know that scripture. It said, be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with things in Christ and let your request be made known to God. But I like the amplified version. The amplified version of Philippians 4 and 6, it says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance, in everything, look at this, by prayer and petition, read the next part with me, definite requests. 
Prayer by definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants made known unto God. Be specific. Make a definite request. I preached a message a couple years ago. Set a date. That's being specific. By the end of this year, God, I want my child to be saved. Y'all aren't hearing me. Y'all, Jesus would make people be specific. He would make them be specific. He wouldn't let them out with this general prayer stuff. In Mark 10, this, is, this one baffles me here. Mark 10. Now, when they came to Jer Jericho, as he went out, verse 46, as he went out to Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus. Now, what do we know about Bar Bartimaeus? He was so blind, they called him blind Bartimaeus. You know when they call you by your issue. Man, that's old crazy Joe. Y'all know Joe's straight up crazy. Okay? He's blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, which is what Bar means. He sat by the road begging. And when he heard that, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry and say, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. And many of them warned him to be quiet. Shut up. And, and he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. They called the blind man. Now, this is at least the second time he's seen blind, right? They called the blind man saying, be of good cheer. Rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, which was a garment that you wore that identified you as blind. He already had expectation. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm taking off my label on my way to Jesus. He takes off the garment, and Jesus answered to him, what do you want me to do for you? What's up with that, Jesus? Everybody know the man blind. You can see the man blind. Everybody know his blind box man. You ask the man, what you want me to do? Because some people blind, and all they wanted was money for being blind. Some people blind just want sympathy for being blind. So he said, what do you want me to do? Oh, my God. See, the, the Lord told me this years ago. See, see I was, I was a, you told y'all I used to be a claims adjuster. And, and, and in claims, uh, uh, particularly body injury, the sicker you are, the more money you get. Okay? And so people didn't know I was evaluating their pain because you, you, you have the specific damages, which is exactly what they had to pay for medical bills, but then we had to put a quantifying number on how much suffering they had been through. So I would call people and talk to them. I said, how are you feeling today? I said, I say, I say on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad is your pain? And then someone would say, well, 2. I'm like, well, well praise God, you, you're almost healed. You ain't going to give as much money. See, now, I'm giving you all the secret now. They're going to say 1 to 10. You're going to say 50. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> but we had to put a quantifying number, and the more, the longer you're in pain, the more money you got. Sometimes you got to evaluate. Y'all ain't going to like me for this. You want to heal or you, you want to be healed, you want the money. Y'all mad at me now. But this ain't the first time I've been preaching this, so I've been preaching long before many of y'all even got here, so don't get mad at me. I've been preaching this for over 20-something years because I'm a claims adjuster, and I saw people try to milk the system. I saw people who were 
who on workers' comp had never missed a day in their life, never, never missed a day of work, until they found they're going to get paid for not going to work. And those systems or things are there to compensate people who legitimately need to be compensated. But then some people just want to milk the system. Sometimes you got to evaluate, you want to check or you want to be healed. And I, I, I hear some of y'all in this section, why well, I got to choose? <laughs> Give me my check and then I can be healed. Because <laughs> I just got the feeling that that check going to make me feel so much better. Ever since I got that check, all the things I couldn't do before, I can do more now. Hey! But y'all get the point of what I'm saying. Jesus said to the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? And the man had the answer, Rabboni or Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. Jesus made the man be specific. Are y'all with me? Joshua, I'm, I'm almost finished, y'all. Joshua was very specific. Joshua uh, spoke to the Lord in a day when the Lord delivered up the Ammonites. Amorites. Joshua 10, chapter, verse 12. And he said, in the sight of all Israel. See, see when you ask for the big things, sometimes it's able to, one thing to whisper it, it's one thing to let everybody know you're going to ask for it. He said, in the sight of all Israel, in Joshua 10 and verse 12, in the sight of all Israel, everybody heard him, son, Stand still over Gibeon. And moon, stay in the valley of Agilon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. He was very specific. He asked a hard thing. It goes on to say the sun stood still over the midst of heaven and didn't hasten to go down for about a whole day. Historically, they would say they can't explain it. It seemed like a day is missing in the history of the universe. And that was the day that, that, that uh, Joshua commanded the sun to stand still. Verse 14, and there has been no day like that before or after that the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. He spoke a hard thing. James, the fifth chapter, verse 17, 18, tells us again about Elijah. Elijah was a man with, a, with natural like us, like passions of us. And he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't rain for three years and six months. He was very specific. Then he prayed again in the heaven, gave rain, and the earth produces fruit. Y'all, Peter, Peter asked a very specific hard thing. Jesus comes walking on the water, and now Peter's better than me. I mean, my, my, really, Peter's a bad dude, y'all. Lord, if that's you, let me come out there with you. Suppose it ain't him. Now who you out there with? Peter's a bad dude, y'all. The Bible said they thought it was a ghost. They all thought it was a ghost. And obviously Peter's even doubting it. Lord, if that's you, tell me to come on out there with you. And I'll be like, no, Peter, don't do that. Peter's. And the rest of those disciples sat in the water, and they watched Peter get out the boat in the middle of the night, start walking to Jesus. And they probably said, Peter, crazy. But Peter was very specific, and what happened? He walked on the water. Now, we can talk about how crazy he is, how bold he is, how, how, how spontaneous he was, and all that, but nobody, we have no record of anybody else other than Jesus walking on the water other than Peter. Because he very specifically said, Lord, tell me to come. And he was able to walk because the Lord told him to come. 
Jabez, we remember Jabez, 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. Jabez, he was more honorable than his brothers. His mother called him Jabez or Jabez, which means I bore him in pain. His name meant pain and, and didn't add in the. Okay, try that too. <laughs> Let me see if y'all get it on this side. His name meant pain and it didn't add in the. Just pain, okay? When he was born, mother called him Jabez, which meant pain. And he's of an age now that he can pray and ask God very specifically. Verse 10, and Jabez called the God of Israel saying, oh, Lord, I want you to bless me indeed. Somebody shout, for real, for real. Okay, I believe he has some very specific, bless me for real. I don't just want to just say God's with me. No, I want you to bless. When everybody look at me, they're going to see I'm blessed. Everywhere I go, one thing they're going to know about Jabez, that is one blessed man. I mean, he is blessed indeed. He's blessed for real, for real. Everything about him is blessed. The blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Lord, I want you to bless me indeed. And then he says something else, enlarge my territory. Oh, my God. God, I want some more land. God, I want to occupy greater. I want to have greater influence in my life. I want to affect more people in my life. He was specific. Bless me. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me that whatever I touch is blessed, that I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the field. He got very specific. He said, and I want you to keep me from evil. Don't let the devil's plans against my life work. I declare before even here Isaiah de declare it that no weapon that's formed against me is going to prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me is going to be condemned. Oh, I thank you, Lord. You're going to lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake, and you're going to cause me to lay beside still waters. You're going to cause me to lie down in green pastures. God, I want you to keep me from evil, that no weapon formed against me prospers. And then he said, and Lord, I don't care what my mama said about me. Let me cause no pain let me cause no pain. Know what he was declaring? He said, I don't care what they said about me, how things have been in my life right now. I'm declaring that the curse is reversed on my life. Oh, my God. Whatever they said about me before, they won't be able to say it about me anymore because I have asked God very specific requests, and everybody going to see God did that thing. Look, somebody say, God going to do that thing. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for Marriage, Faith, and Family Inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. 